What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Do you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcast. Fox creeping forward. He pulls up. 18-footer. Aaron Fox puts the Kings on top. Makes one, stakes twice. Gives the belly. 35-foot three for the win. Nibania, Bielitsa. Yes, we deserve this win, man. When we're done, we can go chop it up, eat, golf, whatever you want to do. For 40, 48 minutes, I ain't about them games. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, we are pretty much about to start this season. We got, gosh, the, the, the first preseason game is like Friday for the Kings. I believe so, which is crazy. I, I saw someone say that on Twitter today. I was like, holy crap, it actually is. Yeah, that's completely nuts. Um, yeah, <laughs> no way, no way. Rookies and new guys are anything close to ready. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I would tend to give them a little more credit than than we're giving them. Like, obviously, they're not ready, ready. But I don't know. I think they'll catch on pretty quick. I, a lot of the off season is like genuinely off season, even in a normal year. So. Yeah. Obviously, it helps to have summer league and, you know, more time in training camp. But, like, I would think that, like, after a month, maybe they're even further along than they'd be at that point of, of being with the team, like, if you get real game experience. Right, yeah. After, it, it'll take a little bit of time, but I see what you're saying, especially some of the guys that are kind of these high-feel ones, specifically looking at Halliburton, um, you know, games that, he doesn't need to fully understand the schemes like right away to find ways to be impactful. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. And, you know, obviously I think you and I are in a spot where I'd rather get developmental minutes than wins anyways. Um, and that kind of leads us to the reasoning for that being a loaded 2021 draft. And that's what we're going to sneak peek a little bit here today, give you some names to kind of keep an eye on teams to, to watch if they happen to be on when you're sitting at the TV at home or anything like that because, again, yeah, pretty stacked at the top of this 2021 draft, and it's wings too. Oh, my God, it's so many wings. Uh, Love it. So many wings. It's funny, yeah, like I was looking specifically at the 6'7", 6'8", guys. Like that's kind of if you're – and we can talk about this a little bit, but like if you're if you're building a prospect for the Kings to to add to the team next season, like you pretty much start right there, right? Like you you all right, like you know, 
let's start with a six seven six eight guy. If you could just build like a dream scenario for the Kings, that's where you'd go. And I'm, I looked at my board for 2020, and only one of my top 19 guys were six seven or six eight in this past draft. And in this one, eight of the top twelve that I have on my tenure board are, are six seven six. Eight of twelve. Wow. Who was the who was the nineteen twenty one? Is it like Pat Will? Uh you know what? I think it was. Um Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Pat Will. I'm gonna pull it up real quick here. That's but crazy there, though, yeah. Yeah. There's guys near that. It was Pat Will. He's mm-hmm. he was six eight. Uh like Denny he was like six nine, which is you know, fine. I do think he's a little bit Stuck towards a four more and like top right. in as well, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Even just physical build wise, this this class clearly tops the last one. Even if like we'll get into more names specifically a li- a little bit, but like a Scotty Barnes is almost just like you know these are first impressions. I, I admittedly don't watch high school basketball. Um, or anything like that, but it's like it almost seems just like a better build, a Coro, someone with an actual like seven two wingspan or something in that range. That is so funny. I had that exact comp in my head today. I'm like, this is this is a better Coro. Like this is this is the I guy who's like I have a heart next to his name. A Coro, if he actually had the additional two inches of height and three inches of wingspan that everyone wishes that he had. Mm-hmm. But there's a clear headline. Of this draft that we should probably kick it off with. There certainly is. Um, Do we want to talk a little bit at at all about, like, okay, I almost don't want to get too crazy into how much, how how amazing Cade Cunningham is because what do you think the odds are the Kings get this first overall pick? Man, so I was thinking about doing a piece on this, like, which teams are they really worse than or, or are for sure worse than the Kings? And I think that you can point to, I think New York and Detroit. I think those two are locks. Probably Cleveland, right? Um, and then when you look at the West, I mean, the Thunder maybe. Yeah. So I think there is a chance. I don't think it's likely. I'm not expecting the first pick. I'm probably looking more like top five is what I would guess. But with the with the lottery odds kind of evened out a little bit, I mean, there's a chance, but I wouldn't say it's like likely or even a coin flip. Yeah, um, yeah, I, it seems a little bit out of out of the range of the Kings, just because I, I don't know, I'm not convinced that the Kings want to lose. Yeah. I'm also, not convinced they want to win, but like. <laughs> I mean, to get the first overall pick, you probably, I mean, you either need to win a lottery, which is which is totally random. Or you need to, like, be kind of actively trying to lose. I see, like, the Thunder, I feel like they are doing that. Um, the Knicks and the Cavs and the and the Pistons seem to be embracing that as well. But, yeah, I mean, it's not crazy. It's not crazy that the Kings could get that. And, I mean, it'd be a dream, right? Like, at that point... I guess what somewhat questionable fit that that all goes out the window. It does not matter. There is no hold on. Yeah, no, there is no. There is no. It's it's actually the the perfect fit. It's like the literal perfect fit. So I'll just say that. That's fine. Yeah, I really don't mind. Like the I I I don't even know why I mentioned the word. Like if you have the first pick, you take Cade and you just do it. He's a six seven initiator that is just like never rushed in any way. He has an insane 
understanding of the game and it's just like the pace that he moves at. It's hard right now because a lot of the competition he's going up against is super underwhelming uh, with him being at Oklahoma State and it just being kind of the first few games of the year. But he is so under control the whole time. Like, I don't know exactly what I was expecting going into it, but he's not – well, while he is a very impressive athlete with a first step and, and vertically and all that, he's just so under control and at his own pace the entire time. He's never going to get rushed by anyone. He's a really solid finisher, and his primary thing is his playmaking, but you've already seen a couple times at Oklahoma State that passing to some of these other guys on his teams is not going to work out, and occasionally he's going to go into a little bit of a takeover mode, which I'm excited to see happen a little bit more. Um, yeah, all, all around just, like, cerebral, amazing IQ, and it shines on both ends of the floor, especially when you're 6'7". Yeah, no doubt. Um, <clears throat> we're not going to, like, dive too deep into, like, breaking these guys down because we probably aren't prepared to do that. This is, I think this is our first impressions cast of the 2021 class. But, yeah, like um, – and I'll say that this, like, I haven't, like, seen um, – games of all these guys, not even close. I haven't watched a full game of, of any college basketball. I'm relying on clips. I'm relying on um, a lot of reading and research. Um, so this is, like, truly, like, a, even, like, before the first impression for some of these guys. But Kate has been, for a long time, heralded as the guy in this draft. And from the early clips, from the early numbers, um, and from – Every single person that is offering any sort of analysis on this draft, it's unanimous. Like, Cade Cade Cunningham is that dude. He is just the exact mold of what you want in the modern NBA. Like, this big point guard um, that can shoot it, by the way, because that was the big question for him coming in. It's like, okay, well, how limited will he be as a shooter? And he's really not been like he's really not been limited. Yeah, six of thirteen in four games, and these are like off yeah. the dribble. You go under screens. He's pulling up forty six percent from three. Obviously, crazy small sample size. Obviously, very early on, but that you know that was the big question: is like, is he going to be a plus shooter? Because if he is a plus shooter, then it's it's game over. And so far, it appears to be game over. Um, and not to mention like. You know, I think one what you 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 gave a great like kind of recap of like or, or synopsis of who he is as a prospect. But you know, another thing like an intangible thing like everyone just raves about the mentality that he has. It's a winner's mentality. He is a very unselfish player. You mentioned like he's going to give up the ball a lot. Like that's he's he's looking for the best shot for anyone on his team. Unfortunately, it looks like Oklahoma State maybe isn't going to hit a lot of those shots for him. So one other piece of advice is maybe to anyone watching him, like ignore or, or looking at his numbers more specifically, ignore the assist numbers. They they might appear low. Um, mm-hmm. But when you watch him, you see him making the right reads. You see him being very unselfish and perhaps like a little too unselfish if there's any criticism of him, you know. Um, maybe we see this year him being a little, um, little selfish and, and showing that, even if he's going to be giving up the ball in the NBA, you know, just take the shot, you know, just get your shot because this is, this is just show that you can do it, get used to it. Cause when you need to turn that on, it'll be there. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm super excited to watch Cade this year, and I don't have too much else to add on him. Um, but yes, a lot of guys are going to get a lot of hype, and Cade might slow down a little bit, I guess, because people look at an Oklahoma State team and competition level, but impressions that I've gotten is that, yeah, this this is the Cade draft, even though there are other potential stars uh, coming at the top here, and who would be the next one you'd want to move to? Yeah, um, so it is it is the Cade draft. Like, I think that it, you know, I think he'll probably be in a tier of his own at number one all year, and because of the strangeness of this year, and and we've already seen major games get canceled, and I don't know how everything's going to go. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe there isn't as much controversy that there could potentially be. Like, I don't know how the NCAA tournament's going to look or play out. Oklahoma State can't be in that tournament. Yeah. Um, so I don't. But I don't even know if it's going to happen. Um. But yeah, and I also just mentioned like, you know. We are new to the draft thing, but, you know, allegedly, like, this is, um, you know, a generational thing. Like, you know, Luca is probably the only guy that, in recent memory, that, that people think is a clearly cut better prospect than him, maybe going back. Like, I mean, I think people prefer him to, like, Zion, um, obviously over, you know, number one pick Anthony Edwards this past year, but. Going back a ways as well, was it? Jeez, was Fultz a number one pick? That feels like yeah. I got awesome. so hyped on Holt, on Fultz videos too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, clear, clear W over Fultz. Um, yeah. But yeah, the next tier, like the next tier, is pretty big and pretty wide, and definitely, definitely will get kind of worked out through uh, the season. I don't know who I would want to go to next year. I kind of have like I kind of have someone else in the number two spot right now, but I think the guy with the most steam right now is Evan Mobley. Oh, interesting. Okay. UNC. Do you have a, a, someone else you want to go to first? Well, when you said the most steam, I thought of Jalen Suggs. I feel like he's gotten so much hype. That's true. No, that's true. But if, we can if do we're talking one. about steam. No, you're absolutely right. Like momentum carrying him up the board. Like people, people definitely will argue for him at number two already. I'm fine with him either way. Twenty twenty has complicated most things in the world, including making hires. It's reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is crucial and Indeed is here to help. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which which means more quality candidates will see it fast. It's the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And unlike these other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time. No long-term contracts. Now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply.
Yeah, let's just do Suggs real quick then. He's he's at Gonzaga, which my understanding is they're a phenomenal team this year and definitely going to be in the race for uh, that national championship should the season proceed kind of as planned. And he's the best player on that roster. He's a six-five guy that is a initiator as well. And he, he, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, has been blowing it up over these couple games that he's that he's played already. He's very strong and athletic for um, for the guard position and plays through plays through contact really well. Uh, it, it's funny in in Vicini's early 2021 big board, he talks about how I should pull up the exact quote here. Um, how you're going to get tired of hearing that he was, yeah. Here it is. Unfortunately, there's a downside here. You're going to get tired very quickly of hearing how he was a high school quarterback who won Minnesota's Mr. Football Award in addition to its Mr. Basketball Award. And as I was doing my Suggs research, swear I heard that like 10 times. Um, And it's written on every article about him. But he's just a very – he's an all-around athlete, and he's a very smart player. Um, Yeah, and I guess the – critique seems to be uh, working on a three-point shot, and obviously 6'5 is not as ideal as these kind of 6'7, six, 6'8 six, guys that we're talking about, but he's been he's been blowing it up recently. He has been. He's. I mean, it's interesting because, like, we're already in overreaction theater, I would think. You know, Vicini, you mentioned kind of like the king of, of draft analysis, had him 11th on his on his board to start the year or in his, like, first mock draft or whatever you'd call it. Um, so, like, that's nowhere near number two, obviously. Uh, at, but then, you know, he had his first game against Kansas. He had 24 points, eight assists, and just looked like looked like a killer, you know, like just brutally efficient, um, brutal, brutally genius uh, passer uh, feel, like just reading the court. And like you, you watch him and like people, you know. I mean, we're already said, okay, this guy, this kid's got like some Kobe Bryant in him, um, and it's scary, like how how brutal he was, how good he was uh, in that first game. But like, I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't watch any of the West Virginia, Virginia game, but he only scored four points against West Virginia in 26 minutes. So like, I don't know if this is if that was just an overreaction, pushing him that high, and that he might come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if if it was that game or anything, but I know he also had an injury recently that was scaring a lot of people. But my understanding is that his ankle's fine and he's going to be coming back, thankfully. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he, like you mentioned, the playmaking is probably the primary thing from my understanding. And, um, yeah, I mean, when we go through these guys, do you want to talk about a little bit of fit if it were to come to Sacramento? Or, I mean, do we not even know enough about these guys yet probably? I, I mean, I definitely want to talk about it because I want to kind of visualize how each player could work with the Kings. Um, we can't, we don't have to get it into it too much because we don't know these guys all that well yet. But I mean, I think with Suggs, the idea you mentioned the playmaking. I my impression has been so far that it's more the killer scorer that he's just you know a bucket getter and you know just the the ability to score from anywhere on the on the court, all three levels, and the ability to do it like with just complete like ruthless efficiency, yep. is is the concern here. You know, I mean, like it's the concern for I mean for other 
other teams, teams that are trying to defend him. Um, and then, like, the secondary thing is, oh, he's also a really good passer, too. But um, that's more of a secondary thing for him. Um, yeah, and, I mean, I, I will say, like, I, do, I don't have Suggs as high as you do, or you don't have a ranking or whatever, but I don't have him as high as some other guys on, on my list. But there is – he is, like, he's the smallest dude on my top – 10, top 14. He's, like, the smallest dude in my top 14. So I, I actually do think there's, like, maybe a little bit of a fit issue. Yeah, I think it's definitely notable um, when we talk about, like you're saying, all these all these guys with size, and then he's on the smaller end. And while he is a scorer, my understanding is a little bit of concern with his three-point shot as well. Um and, yeah, I don't know where I have him ranked. I've just seen a lot of excitement for him recently, obviously, and kind of educated myself a little bit uh, with the limited um, access that I've had to his clips and things like that. But, yeah, I, I don't feel great about his fit next to Fox. I mean, that's the main guy you're talking about, right? And then also if you threw Halliburton in there as well, like, I mean, you can roll out three-guard lineups. It's just not ideal, especially if Bagley is supposed to be the anchor of the defense. I think he's a great fit with Fox. Like, again, this is my just my first impression of him, but, like, kind of that killer number one, like, top scorer on your team, I think that's actually a great fit next to, um, you know, like a, a pass first, I guess, point guard in Fox. Um, I think they would play opposite very well. But, yeah, it's, it's Halliburton that would concern me because at that point he is kind of the third – the third smallest dude on the team, like he's got to he's got to play small forward really, and I think that's possible, I guess. But <clears throat> it's just a concern. Like it's not a real concern. I, I think that Suggs is special enough, he's good enough that it wouldn't matter at all. Like if he's the best guy on the board, you take that guy. You yeah. don't worry about it. You figure it out later. But I, I think there is some small concern for me. It's just the trend of like, okay, the Kings had Bogdanovich and they got Buddy. And then they let go of Idanovich, and maybe they're going to trade Buddy potentially. And, and then they added Halliburton, and it's like at some point you do have to get a forward on the team at some point, right? And I mean, this draft seems like a great spot to do it. Um, but like you said, yeah. if, if you, you know if your top five and Suggs uh, kind of emerges as like the clear guy, then you you do it and you figure it out after. Um, yeah, so Jalen Suggs will be playing at Gonzaga. Everybody. Definitely be checking him out and keeping tabs on him. I'm sure we'll run into him on Twitter from uh, various people posting clips there as well. And if you're cool with that, we can move on to Evan Mobley, which I'm shocked that you had a center that you mentioned. Yeah, I think that he is probably leading the way right now. Um, I mean, I could have him lower personally, but a lot of people that I trust and that I read and listen to think that he could he he's probably has the inside track to be the second best guy in the class. Well, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's there's just so much modernity, modern nature, modern aspects to his game. Like he is that seven foot guy with a seven uh, seven five wingspan. Like he's essentially like got a Wiseman esque uh, frame, I guess you could say. A little skinny in that regard as well, but also has, like, elite defensive awareness and um, what appears to be a very legit three-point shot. So, yeah, 
maybe he's not quite the physical freak that Wiseman is, but he's pretty close, man. I mean, and like it all starts with he is that anchor of a defense uh, interior defender, but he also looks great out on the perimeter. He covers space very well. He's already got like mid-range shooting just down, and then he's you know if he expands that up to three and it it stays consistent across the season, I think he is your number two pick because I mean <clears throat> obviously again like insanely small sample size, but he's hitting forty percent of his I don't know what is he taking five yeah, he's hit two of five threes so <laughs> you know settle down 40%. yeah right but I mean if 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 he if he's the anchor defensive center and he looks great on switches, like he's kind of Okongwu plus um, versatility-wise, yeah. and he's going to you know collect you two and a half blocks a game and, and hit threes at a you know, 37%, 38% clip, I mean, yeah, come on. Right. I think for the Wiseman thing, I think that uh, obviously not – there's no – straight-up perfect comp or anything. I just think he's a little more thin. Like, if you imagine him, it, it, um, for anyone that hasn't seen Mobley or anything, like, he's fairly thin, but surprisingly athletic as well and, like, agile for being seven foot, which is where you see a little bit of the wise men, right? And on top of everything you mentioned, what I what thing I love in centers, and this probably started with – never mind, somebody. Um, and oh. it is passing in big men. And Al Horford? Yes, for sure. It's Al Horford. I have jersey in my closet. And uh, he Mobley totally has it. Like, he has little touch passes. He's not, like, phenomenal or anything. I don't think he's ever a guy that you're, like, running the offense through. Um, or or maybe it's – I don't know. Like, he's not – I don't get the impression he's, like, a takeover offensive guy or anything like that. Um, but just making the right play on that end and being able to space the floor, make the right read, and then really the primary uh, impact coming on the defensive end. Like, I would I would love a defensive anchor for Sacramento. Yeah, um, and it's not like a Rudy Gobert type of idea, right? Like, I mean, he's an amazing defensive anchor, and he's way better. I mean, like, Mobley's not going to be a Gobert-type defender. I mean, you just mentioned that, like, the frame is not in the same world, but also Gobert gets played off the floor sometimes um, just because of the way that teams can scheme against him. And if you you got a guy that can be a defensive anchor and can't be schemed out of games, um, yeah, like that, that could be super, super valuable. Totally. Um, definitely going to be uh, – he's one of the guys I've seen probably less compared to some of the others, I guess. The the one that I feel like I've probably watched the most is uh, – and this is ironic – is B.J. Boston, Brandon Boston Jr. Uh, at University of Kentucky. And Brandon Boston. <laughs> Crazy. What other Brandon do Crazy. I know yeah. that is associated with Boston? Huh. Huh. That's um, Brendan Boston, excuse me. Yeah, how dare you. Um, he's your – I mean, it's it's unfair to give anyone this comp, but he's like your KD, right? He's this lengthy Whoa. space creator. I mean, like, he's not the level of KD, but if you're trying to, like, picture who he is as a player, he's this very lengthy, high-release, creating space and, like, just shooting off the dribble, and that's where I feel like a lot of his stock is. Six seven seven foot wingspan and he's a shooter. Greg mentioned the Brandon Ingram comp, yes. which I think is more fair. Um, yeah, that's probably right. More, I mean, like if it's the same like wiry type of shot maker, but more the more of an accurate size comparison. 
It's a lot better comp, yeah, for sure. And KD's just unrealistic expectations for anyone. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I think as far as the first impression, um, Brandon Ingram is a great place to start with Brandon Boston. Um, And, I mean, you know, it's funny you mentioned the KD thing, but I think you could also mention, like, the Jaden McDaniels thing. Like, you know, Jaden McDaniels was kind of heralded as the next KD, but then everyone was like, really, like, okay, but he's the next guy that you think is going to be KD, but super won't be KD. Yeah. Um, so, like, there, I think, like, he could go in either direction, potentially. And, you know, he definitely didn't start out the season well as a shooter. 0 for 4, 0 for 3, 0 for 4 in his first three games from deep. Um, he did hit three or seven against Georgia Tech uh, just yesterday, so that's a nice turnaround. But yeah, I mean, there's real superstar potential here. Um, I love Brandon Boston. I saw him like you know someone on Twitter, just totally random person, did like a mock, a way too early 2021 mock draft, and it had Brandon Boston going to the Kings, and I got like really excited about that. Uh, Kentucky guy uh, would fit well with Fox in that regard. Um, I don't know. By the way, I can't remember if we mentioned Evan Mobley is a, a USC guy. Just just in case people out there want to know where to watch these guys. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Brandon Boston. Like, I think that they're the the. I, I actually I have guys like Suggs and Boston, and one other guy that we'll talk about in a minute, above Mobley right now in my way-too-early rankings just because I think they could be an offensive engine. Like you kind of mentioned with Mobley, probably isn't that. Probably isn't the guy you build your offense around. Um, But, yeah, Boston could be a 20, 25-point-per-game scorer. If it all clicks, uh, he can score anywhere. He is the super wiry, thin guy. But he also doesn't play like that. He has great body control. He's a really strong driver, great touch, great finish, excellent shot making, um, even off balance. Like the only question is, does it does the three point shot become a plus or is it kind of a thing that he's more average at? Right. Yeah, I think his his handle has impressed me, but going into it, I mean, I'd seen a lot of hype for him and I think you know, uh, just from reading and not having watched any of the guys, I was kind of going into it thinking that Boston might be the number two. Um, and I, I've been underwhelmed from from the games I've watched a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it's only four of them right now. And I think I only watched the first two fully and just didn't quite see, like, a takeover that I guess you kind of expect from him. Um, when When you get touted as this, like, just like you're saying, score whenever, however you want, right, with this high release and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, early in the year, and, and the tools are there. Um, I, I think that I agree with you. Like, he does a good job of, you know, still playing physical and, and playing through contact, and the body control really helps with that, even though he's wiry. But I think that that still probably will be a little bit of a problem for him at the next level, at least initially. Um, and it might even be a problem for him right now at college for a little while. But, you know, something that you see guys work through. And, and there's situations like Ingram where – you know, I mean, he still looks wiry and everything, but he, you know, does just fine with that build. So I think it'll cause a little bit of uh, maybe learning curve or growing pains for him. But 
uh, it shouldn't be too much of a concern. Yeah, he's um, he's a guy I'm really excited about. And if we if we just pretend like these first few games didn't happen, I, I know that's like asking too much, but if we're, I think the overreaction on Suggs has been a bit much, and I think the overreaction on Boston has been too, even though they're kind of in opposite directions. I think they'll both kind of settle back mm-hmm. down a little bit. Um, and, yeah, I, I think you mentioned it, but, yeah, he's a, just a 6'7 guy with a 6'10 wingspan. Like, that's that's exciting. Um, if you get a guy like that who can get you buckets all the time, I mean, that is – that's I mean, you, you can build around that. Like, that, that would – I think that Suggs – and Boston could completely redefine the Kings team like like permanently. Um, and I think there's one more guy that could potentially fit into that. It's the next guy. These are the three guys that I think you can like just they might create an offense around themselves entirely. Uh, it's Jalen Green. Um, I think people are a little bit low on him as well. Like they're getting a little bit lower on him, but. I think he's been the consensus number two prospect in this class for a while. He is in the G League Ignite, on the G League Ignite team. So we haven't seen him in a game setting yet. Uh, But he is a shooting guard, you know, 6'5", 6'7", so really good size for a shooting guard. Needs to bulk up a bit. Um, Definitely needs to bulk up a bit. But he's, I think where you start with him is that he's just an absolute walking highlight reel of athleticism. For sure. He has, my notes is he's the mixtape guy, stupid balance and control. Um, he's ridiculously like, like it feels like a mixtape, like he's so twitchy and in control, even though he's a ridiculous athlete when it comes to the balance, the first step, change of direction and all that. And then, that also being able to translate into creating space, I think, is super crucial to him. Um, that's partially because he has an impressive handle. Um, so, yeah, I, I wish that I got to see more of him, and I'm sure we will at some point. Um, and there's other intriguing guys on that G League Ignite team as well. But, yeah, you're probably right. I feel like I, I, a lot of what I've seen has Jalen Green as the number two, I think, uh, let me verify. Yavasini has him number two in his early um, mock or big board, whatever he calls it here. And, um, yeah, I mean, crazy athlete. I, I'm with you that this is a guy that while it, it would change the the direction of the Kings for sure. I think that you want a guy that can come and be a number one on offense. I think Fox would be ideal as a number two, and Bagley's just a huge question mark right now. So, yeah, I mean, in green, the impression I get is he's a guy that can come in and do that. Yeah, these are the guys, like uh, Green, Suggs, and Boston. I think these are the guys that if you put them next to Fox, you suddenly – yeah, I mean, you might be looking at a top ten offense for the first time in, like, Kings history. I don't even know. That's obviously not true. But <laughs> in, like, uh, I don't know, in the last 15 years, certainly – I don't know how how I don't even know how good that offense was that one year under Dave Yeager with the the pace. I I, I don't think it was top ten certainly. Um, I wouldn't. I, so. I, I might look that up, but I just think about like that style. Like you could say the Kings moved on from Buddy, but still wanted to like run. I mean, I say still, but say Luke Walton was either fired or decided to run. Um, 
and you were looking for like an ideal fit next to Fox, like Fox and Jalen Green would just be oh. completely insane. Like Jalen Green is a god tier vertical explosion athlete and and horizontal explosion as well. Like he's just a freak. Like you know, like Fox is a freak physically, and so is Jalen Green. Um, he's got to kind of figure out his sort of shot selection going forward, and it's understandable. He's also, like, very, very, very young. He's a 2002 guy, born in 2002. Wow. So he's got to, like, figure out a lot of stuff, and he's I think he's going to do that in the, with the G League team. But um, Everyone yeah, think, we've talked about is a freshman, by the way. That's correct. Most Almost everyone we've talked about is, like, super young. So far, like, he's younger than – all the, all the other guys we talked about are, are 01. He's 02. Um, so he's got a lot of growing to do, but the potential for him is like, I mean, it's easily superstar potential. Definitely. And another guy that I think uh, gets a lot of top five hype that is going to be his teammate on that G League Ignite team is Jonathan Kaminga, who also is a very impressive athlete, but not in the same way that green is where it's like this explosive like off the ground so fast but Kaminga is definitely still getting up there in a good first step but it's like being this much of an athlete while he's what six eight with a you know what seems like a plus wingspan and he's just he's like absolute unit he's just jacked and a crazy athlete to go with it um and yeah he's got he has a lot of the tools when it comes to scoring, especially getting to the rim. I, I guess there's a little bit of question when it comes to his three-point shot, but he's like he's just the straight overpower you, right, which is going to take a little bit of adjustment period, um, but he's definitely getting a lot of buzz as a top-five guy coming into this year too. Yeah, that's interesting. I I kind of have Kuminga in a different tier from these guys. I, I have him and the guy we'll talk about in a minute as well, kind of in a tier below. Like I would say it's Cade at the top and then you could you could say Mobley number two or you could put him behind the Green Suggs Boston trio, but like that that trio of guys that could just be your number one um, offensive option. I don't see that for Kuminga. I, I I think he's more of like an all-around guy, like a, a two-way guy, which is great also. Um, every team needs those guys, like, absolutely. Like, he could absolutely be a top-five guy in this class. But, yeah, I, mean, I don't see him as, like, a, as like a number-one scoring guy. It's it's more the size and the frame is is the attraction here. Yep. You mentioned 6'8". I have seen uh, – multiple reports of a seven-foot wingspan and, and some that seem too generous and are, are putting it even higher than that. But just a beast, you know? Like, I mean, just, like, everything that you could want in a basketball player. Like, like the, if we're talking about body type, as I was saying, like, say we're doing, like, uh, a 2K, like, create a player for the Kings. Um, yeah, I mean, you start with Kaminga's frame and his athleticism. It's not the super explosion of Jalen Green, but just infinitely more strength, and, and that matters too. He's going to be a very good defender. Uh, he can protect the rim. He can defend in space. He can defend on the perimeter. He's a, he's a really, really sound, well-rounded guy. 
Yeah, admittedly, one of the guys I've seen less of, especially with there not being any uh, college tape, obviously, on that G League Ignite team and no tape coming out from that so far here. Um, so I'm not sure where I'd have him ranked. Um, again, I don't quite have that laid out yet. Um, but, yeah, I, I just threw him out there because he's also going to be on that Jalen Green team, seen a lot of excitement for him going into the year as well. Um, I think you said you had one more guy in this yeah, sort of tier, right? One last note on Kaminga. He's even younger than Jalen Green. He oh, wow. is, he's like this year's Poku. Like he is like a, almost a full year younger than Poku. Um, he's built like that? God. Like, yeah, like he's that young. Um, so he's got, I mean, yeah, crazy potential too. Like he, I mean, he could be a number one offensive option, I guess, one day. I mean, like the, yeah, it's hard to say he can't be when he is, uh, you know, like just turned 18. Wow. 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 Having this tier is, is Zaire Williams. Oh, I love it. Um, yes, yes. Oh, Stanford. Yeah, tell me what you think of his, like, just first impressions. Well, so a lot of what – you mentioned Cade being regarded as a really high-character guy, and I just see this left and right with Zaire Williams, too. It's very weird, uh, I guess, that he went to Stanford. Um, he's the best recruit they've ever had in their system, but 6'7", 6'11", wingspan – um, a lot of what I read is, you know, I mean, he's a very intriguing offensive guy as well, but defensively, like, he just wants to be extremely impactful there, and he has all the tools to do it. He's got a near seven-foot wingspan. He's got um, a lot of versatility to work with when it comes to that length paired with um, an effort and a want to be good on that end and a lateral quickness, and then... I mean, the first couple games at Stanford, like, his shot looks ridiculous. Like, I, I know that there's, like, apparently a little bit of a question with this, but he was hitting bottom of the net every time off the dribble. Uh, every time's obviously a little over the top. But, like, his, his shot looked looked very, very convincing. And he doesn't create space amazingly, but he's hitting it in people's face. And, yeah, I think that being a good athlete and a smart guy with all this defensive versatility and shot creation ability, or, or sorry, more of shot making, I guess, than creation, I, I'm very intrigued. Yeah, it's interesting because he wasn't supposed to be like that. Um, like that hasn't been through his, his uh, I guess, high school and, and circuit tape like that that's not what he was really supposed to be doing like he was, that was supposed to be the big question for him like can he can he shoot it um and shoot it well and shoot it off the dribble and shoot it with versatility but he's done that while also creating a question about his quickness and explosion and athleticism because he's been underwhelming in that regard um he is wearing a, a knee brace, so there. You know, people think that it's probably injury related. Maybe he's just not a hundred percent. But you know, he was supposed to be a, a pretty amazing athlete. Um, maybe not, you know, certainly not like on the level of a few of the other guys we talked about, but a plus athlete. Um, and, but yeah, like you like you said, like he's going to make his money based on mentality, maturity, effort. Um, IQ, you know, that sort of stuff. Like, he's that dude for sure. Um, but, yeah, like, th- I think there's still – there are questions with him regarding is his handle going to be tight? 
Yeah. Is he going to be able to shoot it consistently, uh, you know, throughout the year? Could this just be like a hot streak for him in that regard? And if so, uh, I, I think he's, you know, probably keep him like a mid-lottery guy. Yeah, he's only four games in, and throughout the first two, he knocked down five of nine, and then throughout the most recent two, uh, 0 of 10. So definitely read a little bit of streakiness, and uh, it seems to be going on a little bit. Um, God, yeah, I did not notice that, yeah. Yeah, uh, just realizing this now, these last two games, 0 of 5 in both of them from 3. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that you're right, that's going to be the concern for him, but, I mean... I have a soft spot for a weakness. For I have a soft spot for defensive guys and reading a high IQ guy that's really well regarded by most people that have had run-ins with him and wanting to be great on that end. I mean, how can how can I not like this guy? Yeah, and in case we didn't get the height and wingspan out there, he's another one of these six seven six eight guys. Uh, I, the most accurate numbers I could find were six seven with a six foot eleven. I have a wingspan. Okay. Yeah, freshman as well. So that's appealing. That's appealing. Um, Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball and Basketball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion, we'll go with six-time NBA champion, Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Yeah, so I kind of have Williams and Kaminga in that kind of non-elite tier, but, but like, still guys that you... This is kind of where I think for the Kings, as Kings fans, you just want to be like, all right, we... This is where, like, we'll, we'll the fit, like, enhances these guys for the Kings mm-hmm. specifically. So, like, this is kind of, for me, kind of a cutoff place where I'm like, man, if the Kings get one of these seven guys, uh, it's a, it's a really, really good thing. Yeah, I think I'm with you right now. And, you know, more likely than not, there's going to be someone that we end up talking about that falls further because of an underwhelming year or someone that we don't talk about that raises their way into the lottery. Um, So, yeah, obviously very early to be doing this, but just names to kind of keep an eye on. And I'm with you right now. I mean, the ones we've gone through, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kuminga, Zaire Williams, Jalen Suggs, um, Evan Mobley and Brandon Boston, right? That's the seven. I didn't miss anyone. That's that's correct. And like for the record, I would take any of those seven guys over anyone in the 2020 draft for the Kings for yes. sure. Yes. Yeah, definitely with you. Um, and I'm also with you that this is kind of like where my knowledge lessens a little bit here. Who do you want to move to next? Yeah, I'm with you. 
on on that, like, because the next guy I have is a guy that I have no college tape of because it doesn't exist because Tennessee hasn't played yet. Um, Keon Johnson of Tennessee. First of all, he's kind of taking a leap anyway. I don't think that he was – maybe I'm wrong about this because I am not, like, a certainly not, like, a high school basketball guy, but my impression was that he's not – he wasn't a top ten expected guy, but – Yeah, Vestini's quote, um, I think Johnson's an absolute stud despite the fact that he was ranked outside of the top 15 in his recruiting class. Okay, so, yeah, this is a guy taking a leap, and we also haven't seen it yet at the college level. So, yeah, I mean, there's we can look at high school film of him, but I don't know how informative that would be. So I kind of just got to rely on the analysis of people smarter than myself to say this is a real dude, and he's going to be a very good player and and maybe even – I don't know. Maybe he even makes more sense than most of the top guys in the last class for the, you know, for the Kings as well. Maybe he's the eighth guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing that is the only reason I think I would kind of draw a line at seven for now is that uh, Johnson is six five for the six seven wingspan, which does kind of put the Kings back in a three guard look if he's your third guy. Um, but regardless, you know, amazing athlete, really strong driver, good passer, perhaps like a combo guard, even though maybe more of a two, um, you know, gives a lot of effort, high character guy, but needs to prove that he can shoot it. Yeah, and Vestini has him ranked fifth, and he does start off that by saying he's just going to call a shot on this one, and it's kind of the guy he's buying into right now. Um, going into it. But, yeah, I, I mean, definitely going to need to see some games of him. I'm intrigued, like you said. My impression is that he's just a very impressive athlete, good at getting to the rim and finishing when he gets there. And, yeah, another guy that's kind of regarded as, you know, really wanting to be good on the defensive end, but obviously a little more limited when you're talking 6'5 compared to some of these 6'8 uh, guys. And there's another guy at Tennessee, just if you do turn on those games to keep an eye on, who at times I feel like I've – seen even more hype. Actually, Vecini has him all the way at 38, but Jaden Springer, uh, just another yeah. name to kind of throw out there um, because I think that, yeah, there's moments where he, Springer seems to be more exciting to some people than Johnson. Yeah, for the record, I think Vecini's the only guy that, like, that's an outlier ranking. I, I think most people have him in the lottery. Um, almost everyone else that I've, I've read breakdowns on uh, Springer Again, have not watched any. There's there's nothing to watch with Tennessee, but yeah, like that that seems like a crazy outlier ranking um, of Springer, and I, I don't know much about Springer at the moment. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you there, and just to kind of go through a couple other names here, I think Jalen Johnson is a popular one as well. He's a six eight guy that's playing at Duke right now, and he's had a a good start to his college career as well there's definitely one block specifically that stood out to me because just banged this guy I guess and it was uh yeah he he is another initiator at this size with a high IQ and feel for the game and uh body control while also being strong and having that good size but he lacks the athleticism of some of these these top guys but definitely someone I'm sure that 
I'm going to catch a few times just for the sake of being at Duke. Yeah. Um, he feels like a guy that I want to get excited about. I think you look at the the 6'8 height, 6'11 wingspan, and you're like, oh, my God, it's another hyper-versatile wing that would help the Kings. And that's probably true. But, yeah, the athleticism that, you know, you can just tell from a few clips, like he's just not uh, a spectacular athlete. He's not a notable athlete. Like he might be a pretty pedestrian athlete. Um, And he's kind of in a weird situation with Duke where he's been played as the center. um, And he probably won't play that in the NBA. Um, He, like you, you probably look at him more as a, maybe a point forward or, Maybe more of just like a versatile uh, forward, but yeah, super, super smart guy is the book on him. Super, super high feel, really amazing passer. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's questions about his effort and engagement and awareness and decision-making, as well as the more obvious concerns about his athleticism and some shooting uh, mechanics stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, who else you want to throw out here? So I I had Jalen Johnson, who by the way, like his name is like, I feel like he's just an amalgamation of all the other names in this draft. There's like a million Jalens and a million Johnsons in this draft. So like, Jalen Johnson is just like. Oh I well, think, there really is. Have you noticed? <laughs> well, I have three Jalens on this one page. What is happening? Yeah. Wow, I did not realize. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I do tentatively have him ninth in my first impression board here. And then one other guy who I feel really good about, um, you've mentioned him earlier. It's Scotty Barnes of Florida state who is, um, for whatever reason listed as a point guard. doesn't seem like that's what he does, but, uh, I mean, he can pass well enough, I guess. Uh, but look, he's six, eight with a seven foot two wingspan and, According to Sam Vecini, he can guard a one through five. Um, this is the guy that we compared Isaac Okoro to if Isaac Okoro had perfect ideal size uh, for a wing. Exactly. And he's got the whole, you know, does everything pretty well, but then the question mark is the jumper. Um, but, you know, it's easier to be a defensive uh, focused prospect or that's where your primary impact is when you do have that size and yeah he, he's a freshman as well like you mentioned Florida State I think usually brings out some good defensive prospects and I feel like he'll probably look uh, good defensively in that system so uh, definitely a guy that like I said I got a heart next to his name right here he's going to be one of my crushes I feel like but we'll see as some games actually happen here he's only played one so far um, and kind of a whatever showing um, but only so much you can take from one game, someone that I definitely am going to have to do a little bit more research on, and I'm sure I will, being a defensive-focused guy here. And like you mentioned, I'm very <laughs> intrigued about this whole one-to-five thing. You chose the one genuinely bad shooter in the top ten to, like, <laughs> put, put your heart next to. Of course. Of course. It's just, you know, it's very on-brand. Bryant West would be proud. <laughs> um, I have... Two other names uh, just to throw out there. Um, I have Terrence Clark, 
who is also playing with Brandon Boston at University of Kentucky. He's six seven and a freshman himself as well, and he is also a poor shooter from range, but he's a defensive-focused prospect that has decent size to him, like I mentioned, and he does a really good job at getting to the rim. He's a he's very much a slasher. He does a really good job at getting to the rim and finishing when he gets there. So if the shot develops, he could be a really interesting prospect. Um, and there's times that he stands out a little bit more than B.J. Boston does even. But, yeah, Terrence Clark, I think, is you know going to be a first-round talent as well. So if you're watching Brandon Boston for some uni- University of Kentucky games, um, definitely keep an eye on Clark as well. For sure. I think if the draft were – were today he'd probably be a lottery guy. Um, it's exciting. It's another six seven guy. It's exciting to see this much talent. Um, another dude to throw out there is, jeez, uh, I actually don't know how to pronounce the first name here, but is it Usman Usman Garuba? I believe. Yeah, sure. That's the guy. <laughs> sure. That's the one other name I had here. Have not looked closely at him, um, but the rep is real. He plays for Real Madrid, which is a very grown man uh, team, maybe one of the best non-NBA teams in the world. And he, I think he, he starts occasionally. I think he's kind of a spot starter, uh, very much involved in the rotation at the very least. Um, he is a, you know, he's a... I would say a non-finished product, but he is a very, very defensively versatile guy, probably going to play center, but like a super switchy center, 6'8", but 7'2", wingspan, um, I, potentially an ideal small ball center if the shot continues to develop, which uh, I, I think is the idea for him as a prospect is like, can he become a, a consistent shooter? His numbers have been decent so far. Uh, for Real Madrid, but if it if it gets to a uh, if it gets to like a bankable point, then he could be a top ten pick. Um, uh, although the problem is, I I don't think he's a, a spectacular athlete. So yeah, that's that's the downside. Yeah, I think that he's strong and agile, but he doesn't have like the the vertical pop to him. Or and, and laterally, I think he does he does fine. Um, but I think, like you mentioned, the idea is probably that he's a small ball center. I think you threw it out there of a six eight. I have a six, seven two wingspan, um, and yeah, definitely a rim protector. And personally, I just would really like to see a rim protector on <laughs> Sacramento's roster somewhere. Um, but yeah, it would take a lot of development, especially for that three point shot for me to talk myself into like a Bagley fit sort of here. And definitely the other guys we've mentioned are probably, um, ahead of him outside of maybe some of the more recent ones. And yeah, but there's definitely stock to be put into playing meaningful minutes on a, a legitimate, like you said, like grown man league, uh, playing for Real Madrid. Yeah, um, and there's potential for him to be that rim protector or shooter that the Kings have been after forever um, and still don't have. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there, there's 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 real intrigue there. Um, I have two other names that I'll throw out there. I tried to push it to 14. Again, I want to stress I'm not super educated on these guys. Um, and as we get into the, this part here, I, I'm really just – Really like, you know, 15 minutes of clips. Um, but, yeah, Moses Moody has a great reputation coming into 
And a great name. Great name. Um, coming into this this year, six foot six with a seven foot wingspan. He's kind of I, I hate to say it because you're gonna hate this and you might turn on him immediately. But he kind of is like the Aaron Neesmith of this draft early on. Like elite shooter. Um, just an elite shooter, spectacular shooter. And everything else kind of comes secondary. Um, I think he can be a good defender. We that's what we're hoping to see for you know for sure. Like that's that's kind of like the touchstone of of this season. That if he'll be if he'll be a lottery pick, will be if he can be an elite defender. But he's also you know a, a 2002 birth date. So you know where Neesmith was a I think he was 21 when he was drafted. Uh, you know Moody will be like maybe just turned 19. So a little more upside there. Some people think he's got. Uh, on ball equity, other people don't. I think we'll, you might get to see, you know, that a little bit of being in Arkansas. What seems to be like the guy there too. It's going to be interesting, um, and we know Arkansas loves their shooters. Uh, Isaiah Joe just coming out of there. I wonder if he'll get Isaiah Joe levels of of volume from deep. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Uh, so he's got to keep a name on him. The final guy I'll bring up, gosh, another first name I don't know how to pronounce. Is it Dacian Nix? I believe uh, so, yeah, the other Ignite guy. Dacian Nix, yeah, that's kind of the reputation that I – that's the impression I have from him too. Again, no game tape of those uh, – of the, of the Ignite. There's nothing – they've only done scrimmages, and I don't believe that tape is available. I couldn't find it. It's supposed to be a closed, closed scrimmages, but – Station Nix um, is gonna kind of be the point guard of that that big three with Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga, um, and I've heard that he's just not like a spectacular prospect, but you know good enough to deserve that role in the G League um, Ignite team, and you know he's a big dude too. You know six five. Have not seen. Any reports of a wingspan, which is generally a bad thing. I saw someone speculate it's not really a plus wingspan, but hey, I mean, if you get a six-five point guard who is, um, you know, showing you something in the in the G League Ignite team, you know, he's gonna go high. Like he's gonna have a chance to be um, a lottery prospect. I just the 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 read that I get on him is that he's kind of a kind of a, a traditional standard like set it up for other guys kind of dude. He's got some guys to set it up for. You know, he's got a chance to not look bad in, on that team. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a UNC point guard as well that, you know, seems like your type. Yeah, I mean, Caleb Love, I, 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 I have uh, mixed feelings about, and I need to, to watch him play before I – yeah, I'm mainly messing with you about the Cole Anthony thing. It's just another guard that's going to be there at North Carolina. A guy to keep an eye on, six three freshman as well. I do like UNC point guards. Yeah, um, yeah, interesting handle, and and we'll kind of see what he's able to do. Uh, um, admittedly, don't know all too much about the guys we're getting into now. Um, yeah, there's a Josh Christopher that's playing with another Bagley at Arizona State. Who Christopher yeah. seems like a guy that could maybe kind of vault up some boards. I was going to say, he's the only uh, – I mean, the Arizona State guys are the only other guys I feel comfortable with saying, like, just keep an eye. I try to watch some Arizona State because 
Uh, Bagley, Marvin, I mean, sorry, uh, I almost said Marvin Bagley. He's <laughs> hurt. That's just muscle memory. But Marcus Bagley uh, is hurt, but it was not his Achilles, so that's good news. But, yeah, I mean, keep an eye on him in Arizona State, and Josh Christopher is there as well. Both, I think, have legit first round. I think both are probably expected to be first round guys at this point depending on the severity of, of Marcus Bagley's injury. Yeah, um, definitely. And then I know that maybe I shouldn't out people's people's crushes yet, but I've, I've heard Greg Brown thrown out there as a explosive athlete um, playing for Texas, 6'8 as well, freshman. I mean, yeah, I, so many times I'm saying 6'7", 6'8", and I just love it. Who's, uh, who's crushing on Greg Brown? It's uh, somebody on King's Herald. Oh, that's, that's I, I don't want to throw it out there without without getting approval yet. Greg Brown very is premature. Not, Greg Brown is not my guy. I'll no, I have not seen enough. He, I don't know the the speculation that I've I've heard on him is that he's just. I think he could have a little bit of Isaiah Stewart like hype from. EBL and playing next to Cade Cunningham and looking good because he played next to Cade Cunningham. Um, but he's like a 6'8 a center and like with a non-spectacular wingspan, and it's just kind of kind of meh. Yeah. Um, I don't have anybody else to to throw out here. You got other uh, names you want to throw in real quick? or? No, nah, man. I, I'm tapped out. I shouldn't have even commented on Greg Brown yet. Um, so... <laughs> But yeah, I, it's funny. It's funny if it's who I think it is because Greg Brown is not not the uh, not a trendy crush right now. I'll say that. I think he's yeah. a lot of people are selling their Greg Brown stock. So teams to watch for Sacramento fans. Obviously, you catch any Cade, you turn it on. I mean, I think you're gonna enjoy Cade. Honestly, honestly, you don't need to. <laughs> like, he's Fair just enough. the number one guy. Like, if you're if you're trying to look, I mean, if you want to watch for enjoyment. Of course, watch Kid Cunningham. But if you are trying to watch to like make your mind up on guys, don't worry about it. Like he's the guy. Fair enough. I think this G League Ignite team, whenever there's some sort of film on that and Kentucky, I think those two for sure um, got multiple prospects that you can kind of knock out watching those games. What other teams stand out to you? Uh. I was gonna say if you're local, catch it, you know, go to a Stanford game, but obviously yep. that's not how the world is right now. Right. Gonzaga, um, you know, is the best team in the nation, and people think that they'll go undefeated uh, and win it all. And they got Jalen Suggs as well as uh, Kispert and just a lot of good, like more late first, early second guys. Just a great program. Yeah, and I actually, in front of me, don't know the second round situation. Obviously, we're going to have to dive into those guys like way later. Uh, but do you know off the top of your head what Sacramento's second round pick situation is next year? I can pull it up here. Uh, I believe they have the Bucks second rounder, which would put them, you know, getting getting Mr. Relevant at number That's some cash considerations right there. Yeah, at number sixty. Uh, I think is that. I think Correct. they got the, I think they got the Memphis one, um, from trading down from forty or from thirty-five to forty. Is that correct? 
Um, is it, is it, is it, that's for next year, not the following year? You're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I think I see it here 2021. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? It's. I'm sorry. They don't have the Bucks pick. They had the Lakers pick. So that that that's how they're getting projected to have a super late second. Um, and then they'll have yeah that Memphis pick. You're correct. That is next year, and they'll have their own. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. So there will be interesting guys. I I guess, but yeah, if you want to turn on like a you know Tennessee, there will be interesting guys that. Could also be potentially second rounders while also looking at maybe a Keon Johnson that maybe ends up with some consideration. Um, yeah, I do, you know, I just did a tankathon sim to to kind of close it out here. Moved up to second for Sacramento on my first sim. Cade went first to OKC. Very fitting. Yeah. Sacramento takes Jalen Suggs second on this one. Yeah, but they'd probably take Jalen Johnson because he's a power forward from Duke. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just get all of them. <laughs> the whole set. Yeah, well, definitely let us know if we missed out on any names. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Kings underscore Pulse with who some of your early draft crushes are as well, and check out some of these teams. I mean, there's plenty of basketball that we're going to be covering this year, and obviously um, we'll, we'll be on top of that and, and focusing on what's going on this season, but the future is kind of the focus right now for Sacramento, so just some names to keep tabs on. Um, that will probably, you know, one of these guys likely could end up an impactful player down the line in in Sacramento. So, yeah, just kind of throwing them out there for now, and we'll definitely continue to do our research and turn on any of these games if you happen to be sitting around and notice that they're on. Um, But thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the King's Pulse podcast. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry, I just did my first term of the 2021 mock draft. They also moved up to second. Wow. It's a sign. It is. It is. I don't know if I like Suggs there, but that's fine. I mean, I'm great with second. Um, Yeah. So, definitely check out the work that's going on at the King's Herald. Um, Support the Patreon there. And if you enjoyed this episode of the King's Pulse podcast, definitely subscribe, rate, and review. And you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days here.